Thank you to our sponsor this week, Tony Overbay. You might know Tony as the therapist you can have in your pocket. He is the host of The Virtual Couch, which is a podcast where he mixes his terribly funny sense of humor with his clinical knowledge as a therapist and mindful habit coach. I love that he is also super open about the fact he has ADD. Check out his podcast, The Virtual Couch, on all the apps or his website, TonyOverbay.com. Also check out the work he is doing to help others overcome pornography addiction and other sexual compulsive behaviors at pathbackrecovery.com. Welcome to I See You, a podcast where we advocate that compassion and connection save lives. They also make life pretty cool. I'm your host, Julie Lee. I see you. Welcome to the I See You podcast. This is episode 69 We do this together. Rob's perspective. Happy Thanksgiving. I think I said that last time, but I'm going to say it again because it's here. It's legitimately this week. I'm so excited to eat all the pies in the world. We're going over down to my sister's in Arizona, and I'm excited also because I get to meet one of her friends who's been listening to the podcast. So that means she already knows me super intimately. But Sabrina, I am super pumped for your eight pies that you're bringing. Today, I have my one and only, my better half... The yin to my yang, the spice to my sugar, <laughs> my husband, Rob. Welcome to, to the podcast today, Rob. Thanks. Now, Rob was on the podcast one other time on a bonus episode for my storybook series, which I believe is storybook episode number two, which basically we just goofed off the whole time. This is harder because I can't goof off the whole time. Yeah, this is a little more serious, which is sometimes we're a little more comfortable goofing off together. But today I wanted mm-hmm. to have Rob on the podcast to give his perspective on our marriage and how we've handled my struggles with mental health. So I've had a couple different people express that they would appreciate hearing Rob's perspective. Unedited. Unedited, exactly. So we're going to do it. And I appreciate you being willing to talk about some of these hard things that are also have created, I think, some of the most beauty in our relationship. This is really weird not to be able to make jokes constantly. I know. This isn't quite your cup of tea, but <laughs> you're going to do it. You're going to do it, babe. Rob, let's just start off. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm Rob Lee. I usually tell people that I'm not related to the Southern General Robert E. Lee because that then helps them remember my name. And it's true, I'm not related to Robert E. Lee. My mom made sure that I didn't have an E for my middle name. It's Robert G. Lee. I was born in Pennsylvania which is the other side of the Civil War anyway. So that's another <laughs> fact to remember that I'm not related to Robert E. Lee. We have two kids. You know all this. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty cute. They're the best. Uh, I went to BYU and Notre Dame, which means that I like private religious universities. <laughs> Our kids are four and three. I work for Qualtrics doing internal audit type work. And I like playing sports. I'm starting to get into mountain biking a little bit. Not super intense. Don't think I'm like intense. Well, you know I'm not intense. I actually just thought of a Listeners couple people that I know that listen that that would be like, Rob, come with me. That are By mountain bike, I mean I'm starting to go up some paved hills, <laughs> which is still pretty good for me. That is good. I thought I'd real quick give a recap of our journey with my mental health. 
which is super exciting. <laughs> Isn't it funny that you're telling me all about the stuff that I was there with you? Well, no one else is sitting here and listening, so you just have to imagine the audience. Just in case you have not, because I know some people jump around and some people have started um, on later episodes and haven't listened earlier. So I'm going to give, I'm going to try to give my mental health journey in like 45 seconds. I started struggling with anxiety specifically when I was 21. I was in a student teaching experience out of state and worked with a really toxic mentor and ended up having a mental, emotional break, whatever you call it, my first panic attack, which then spiraled into some pretty severe depression. And then off and on for the next eight years, I would get on, I would get on medicine, I would get into therapy and then... I would want to get off because I didn't want that to be my life. I grew up with a dad who was diagnosed with bipolar and watched how much he suffered and how much that affected our family. And so I was very afraid to have any piece of that in my life. In fact, before we were ever even engaged, you and I had that conversation. You probably you remember. made sure I didn't have that issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it was like, if you have any mental health stuff, probably we can't date. I liked you a lot, though, so maybe we could have, but it I was something. I did have mental health stuff. <laughs> I was pretty obsessed with you. That may not be healthy. In a different mental health way. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty traumatic to struggle myself after watching my dad struggle so much. And yeah, on and off medicine and in and out of therapy for years. And finally got into a childhood trauma therapist who looked at my symptoms and started digging a little deeper and kind of categorized what I had more as PTSD, obviously as kind of the umbrella of what I was struggling with anxiety and depression as obviously components of that. Uh, I would have nightmares, I would have flashbacks, and I have not been alone in that journey. Rob has been with me through it all, which is why I'm happy to have him here today. It was about two summers ago, I guess two years ago, when I really finally came to the conclusion through some a spiritual journey and also medical and my therapist that I came to the conclusion that I need to be humble and accept that medication is a really beautiful resource in my life and that this may be something that I always am susceptible to, anxiety and depression. And I'm still working through that. I'm currently in with a new therapist and doing some EMDR and trauma work. And I think it's going to be a really healing thing. Anyway, so that is just to give you a quick backstory. And that was definitely longer than 45 seconds. But Rob, what have been some of the hard feelings that came from watching me struggle with anxiety and depression? <sighs> First understanding it was that probably because I'm not in your head. And so is it just a bad day? Is it worse than that? End up being something I didn't really picture it being or something I had experience with. But I think that was a problem. And then once we knew it was a problem, I couldn't do anything about it. And we didn't really know what a successful handling of that would look like so that was kind of hard yeah well because my sample pool was my dad who didn't really better right, and i knew that was i mean extreme example but i didn't know what like a normal example because you didn't normal is a thing well and you didn't have a ton of exposure to it i don't think growing up right you no, didn't I don't have a lot in your so. family or anything i don't think so yeah could be but i don't think so can you think of any pivotal times when you felt hope during our experience hmm well, I'm kind of weird where I just kind of pictured it would get better all the time. I feel like you being in it, you probably thought you didn't have hope and you were in the hole and couldn't see anything about that. But I could. I could see that this this could change pretty quickly once everything is in line. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I was pretty hopeful the whole time. I probably was too hopeful for it to change quicker 
like it was frustrating that sometimes that it wasn't right, because it quicker. was things like, oh well, you think that? Well, let me help you. That's not true. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't have to worry about this teacher's opinion. She's lame, or you don't have to worry about the rest of thirty years because that can change. Or I don't even remember exactly what you were worried about most. It was student teaching, but I specifically remember being at Notre Dame. And it was just me and you. And I had like my second big mental breakdown. And I remember just bawling and saying like, what am I going to do with my life? And you were literally like, you can do anything you want. What do you want to do? Choose something. And I was like, you don't get it. <laughs> and we're at the beginning of our lives. So it was like, easy pick. What do you want to do? Right. But it wasn't easy because when you have those chemical imbalances or whatever, it doesn't feel easy and it doesn't seem that straightforward. And, and you could see that in me. Yes. That's probably the hardest part was seeing that really you could do anything. You're very capable and I married you for a reason. But you didn't feel like you could. And everything that I said didn't matter what I said because it didn't change how you were feeling. Right. That was hard. Yeah. What positive things do you feel like have come from my struggles with mental health? What do you think have been positive things in our marriage that have happened because of it? Well, we understand it now. <laughs> I feel like we have a good positive, normal in quotation marks experience now of how to handle it. I feel like I know how to just listen to better <laughs> and not try to fix. I'm a good fixer, though. You are a good fixer. But sometimes you don't want me to fix sometimes it. Sometimes I definitely don't want you to fix it. But if you want me to, I'm all over it and I can fix it. <laughs> I'm really good at it. Mm-hmm. Other good things. I think that we are closer emotionally. I feel like, at least I feel like you can tell me anything. And maybe I'll start going into fix-it mode, but you can tell me to stop. Listen. I feel like we've learned to not take things quite as personally. Like I can say, I know you're trying to fix it and I love you, but please don't. I feel like before... Those kind of things used to be more painful to talk about, but I feel like there's a little more trust than there once was, maybe. Yeah, I trust you. I trust you. Trust. I trust you. Do you trust when I fix things? Mm, not so much. <laughs> Just kidding. During the third bout, is it? We were in Salt Lake City. Was that the third time it kind of yeah, reared I guess its that... ugly head? Yeah. Delilah. Delilah. Shout out to Amy Strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. We went to go see a movie just because we wanted to do something and get out, I think. Well, and you were always good to try to get my mind off things. You were always like, let's go Maybe do something. too good. <laughs> see, I'm really good at fixing things, but it didn't fix the room. Right? It's all right. <laughs> anyway, we saw Meet the Mormons, which is a good movie, by the way. It's just a movie about people who are Mormons or a Church of Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints and just went through their normal everyday lives to show they're just normal people. And the end song is David Archuleta, which we have a little backstory with David Archuleta. <laughs> he doesn't know it, but he sang our wedding song. Yes, he did. Via CD, I believe. <laughs> or maybe, no, CD's too old. Probably yeah. via MP3. Okay, I just have to say backstory, backstory, is that you had me listen to this song when we were dating, and I had all these strong, really intense feelings listening to it by myself in my apartment afterwards, and I was like, oh, I think I'm right. going to marry him. Okay, so, so... David Archuleta brought us together without realizing <laughs> it. totally did. We have to tell him the name of our wedding song now. You, oh, yeah. you might have not heard of it. It's David Archuleta, 
to be with you. To be with it's you. It's one of his, I feel like, not as well-known songs, but one of his good ones. It was one good. One of his best ones, I should say, not good ones. Absolutely. Anyways, okay, so David actually let us sing our wedding song, but then we were watching this movie together, and I was in... Oh, yeah, Meet the Mormons. And at the very end, it sings, what's it called? Glorious. And I just remember feeling that it was so frustrating because you couldn't understand or feel what I was thinking, but I thought you were glorious and always have and always will. And I got really emotional about it because it was just really hard to see you going through this. I couldn't do a thing about it, but yet you're like the epitome of perfection to me on earth, just under Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) but yet i couldn't show you that that was a good experience i think because i think you told me that right yeah i told you that then i started crying and you were wondering why i was crying Mm -hmm. and i told you i don't think it helped in the moment still but no it did though it did though i mean it's not like it can fix the chemicals or whatever in your brain or all the trauma but it's another glimmer of hope it's like the lighthouse you look towards i remember that where those moments where i just even just knowing that you were feeling things was mm-hmm. helpful for me because I felt so much all the time. I think it helped you later on, maybe not in that moment, but to know that well, and just, you could understand it a little better. I really did feel a great amount of compassion. That was definitely a connecting moment because sometimes it was hard to connect when I was in the hole because I feel completely isolated and sometimes I isolate myself from you. But I felt like there were moments like that where you couldn't fix it, but I felt this outpouring of love and connection from you. And that gave me motivation to continue moving forward, had something to continue fighting for because you believed in me. Yeah, it helps us now, too, because every time I hear it, I get a little emotional. It's like, <laughs> oh, Julie, I love you. You're so glorious. <laughs> and then you're like, you're a little cheesy, but I love you. <laughs> Mm -hmm. what are things that i do that are helpful to make you feel supported and seen you know you've had your own struggles as well it's not that i'm the only one that struggled in this marriage but because we're talking specifically about this struggle what's helpful that i do that makes you feel supported and being on this journey with me where you know that i have kind of some susceptibility to mental health struggles i think you just do whatever works best for you because To me, the whole time, it wasn't about what can you do for me. It was more of how can I get you to see what I see, which was the wrong answer. How can I support you in doing things for yourself to feel better? Well, I feel like one thing you've mentioned is there would be times when I would not talk to you about how I was feeling, and I think that made things worse. Yeah, because then you'd have a blow up and lots of emotion come out and kind of blindside me. And then I'd feel like, I thought we were doing good. and Because I was holding it all in because it's like, I don't want to put it on you. But then in the end, it ends up blindsiding you and you end up feeling like you wished I would have just told you that I was struggling. Mm-hmm. But it's hard yeah. as the person struggling because it's, I think it's a normal reaction. You don't want to bring other people down. So I was no. like, well, if well, I can just take care of it by it myself. I don't feel like it brings down. There's a balance, right? If you were doing that every 10 seconds, that be might hard. be a little much, but... I feel like if you start feel like you're going down a wrong direction, well, I'd want to know anytime. I feel like that's when it was helpful where it wasn't constantly keeping it on your mind by telling me every 10 seconds, but you could get something off your chest if you needed. Allowing some time to distract, but anytime I needed to talk, you were open to it. Mm-hmm. And wanted to, and because wanted to. I didn't want you to be stuck. Well, and I remember things like we'd go, we went and saw Saving Mr. Banks. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, yes, that wasn't... <laughs> A great move, right? 
Well, it's not your Another fault. Another epic fail by <laughs> Rose. No, it's not your fault. Didn't we just choose? I'm pretty sure I wanted uh, to see it. I felt a little hesitant. You did? Going to see it? Yeah, because I thought we heard from somebody that it might be a little hit too close to home. For me. Yeah. I just remember at the end, you're like, that was so good. And you looked at me. I can't remember why, though. Sad oh, she just, well, she just has lots of childhood memory flashbacks that, oh. anyways, it's different than my experiences, but there's a lot of similarities. And so I just remember you're like, that was so good. And I was like, oh, I can never watch that movie again. You're like, crap. A big fail. <laughs> no, but the point was that we talked about it and you just let me ball my eyes out. And you're like, yeah, that makes sense why you feel that way. And it was okay that you liked it and I didn't. There's been things... Interstellar was one of those. Oh, Interstellar overwhelmed me so much. But that was a great movie. <laughs> no, but wouldn't you say we found that there are some movies that you can watch and I have had to come to the realization that it does not affect you like it affects me? Yeah. Love me some violence and gore. Just <laughs> like Prison Break. Anyways, no, there's just stuff that I'm like, I can't... It gets me in a dark place, but for you, it doesn't. I'm sure if I did it enough. But yes, I think we have different thresholds. That's a good way to put things. it. And we have some mutual respect about that. It's not like the first year you're married, right? I feel like the first year I was, well, okay, maybe not just the first year, but it was like my goal to make you exactly like me. Mm. <laughs> How's that working, Julie? And that was super fun. Tastes like vinegar. <laughs> How's that taste coming out of your mouth? So how has our journey with mental health increased your empathy for others, Rob? Well, I can empathize with people who feel like they are struggling with that, whether the person actually struggling or a spouse or even a friend of it because they start talking about it's like oh yeah i know what you're talking about and it's terrible and there's nothing i can say that can help but i can support you well i mean that's not the right way of saying it this is why julie doesn't want me on her podcast because I whatever i asked you to be on i don't here today. talk good <laughs> i asked you to be on here you <laughs> dork <laughs> anyway does that make sense i can talk to them and maybe it'll help in some way but i can't do it for them but i can support them I feel like I forgot what we're talking about. What was the question? Oh, how does our journey increase your empathy for others? Okay, this is probably it. Took me a second to get here, but I got it. Mm -hmm. Things can feel very real to somebody and not seem real, but yet it still is real. Deep, right? Real deep. Like to me, I worry about messing up our kids and messing up their childhood. And I worry about not playing with them enough. I worry about... All these things, and yet someone else might see that and be like, you play plenty, or maybe you need to chill out a little bit, or whatever. But yet, it's always a very real thing to me in the forefront of my mind. And for you, when you're going through the mental health stuff, anxiety, that wasn't real to me. I just was wondering, well, why do you think that? Just stop thinking that. Like, <laughs> here, quick answer for you. It's not true. <laughs> I remember saying, not true. A lot of All times. the times. It was like a check thing. Wait, what's that movie? Uh, uh, you know the one I'm thinking of. Oh, there you go. You actually did guess the movie. Yeah. Inception. The little, what's it called? To no, not a token. Token. The thing that he spins, though, to see what reality is. We've used that yeah. analogy so many times where I grab you and I'm like, okay, right now my brain is saying that the world is ending because of this and I'm the worst because of this. You got really good about being like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And what would you say? Like, not true. Yep, not true. <laughs> You're like, mm hmm. Give me mm -hmm. another one. Not true. Not true. Give me another one. Oh, also not true. That's Give me exactly... another one. Oh, that one's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what you do. You'd be like, hit me. I can do this all day. I, I'm here yeah. all night. Come on. Yeah. So that helped you have empathy. 
Yeah, because something can be real to somebody, and you still need to work through it, even if you don't think it's real. It's real, because it's a worry. It's there. That's very compassionate. I think for our final question, I'd just like to ask if you could go back to yourself when this all started. So maybe that first night when we were in Houston, you were in your internship. I was in my student teaching and I had my first panic attack. If you could go back. By the way. Yeah. We did love Houston. We, we loved, loved Houston. Houston. We loved the we place. We didn't love our working We kind of hated there. what happened to Julie there. Well, Houston was Houston great. Was we endorse Texas. Yeah, totally. <laughs> we endorse lots of places, but Texas Absolutely. Is okay, but if you could go back to Rob there, you were, let's see, you're 32 now. You were... I'm going to be 33 soon. <laughs> it's kind of a big deal. I'm going to be 33. You would have been what, like 25? That makes me think, I'm just drawing out these little tidbits. 33 <laughs> makes me think of Grant Hill. Does anyone know who Grant Hill is? Who's, it's been a while. Who's Grant Hill? He's an NBA player. Oh. He was a really good NBA player until he got injured a ton. And I think his number was 33, or I just know him best when he was 33. Jesus was also 33 when he died, wasn't he? Could be. Leave it up to me to make it holy and you to make it. <laughs> Sporty. <laughs> I'm Sport Spice. Yeah. <laughs> like the Spice Girl. Sporty <laughs> Spice, not Sport Spice. There like the Spice Girl. <laughs> the Spice Boy. <laughs> okay. Okay, back to the question, though. If you could go back to Rob, you're like 25, your wife is kind of falling apart big time, and you don't know what to do, what advice would you give yourself then? Why are you laughing? I'm laughing because I can picture can these big saucer eyes. Of your 25-year-old self? I have to say, you played it off really good, because you just hugged me, and you're like, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay, but I remember Which later. I did feel that. I wasn't just yeah. saying that. But I just remember you telling me later that you kind of had to walk out of the room at one point and kind of get your, you were a little teary and had to get your emotions under control because you were kind of like, what the crap is happening? There's a few times. I wouldn't say it was most of the time. What would you tell that, Rob, knowing what you know now? Probably tell that Rob what Chris told us. From scary guy. Scary guy, if you remember. What episode was that? My story, oh, episode, episode one. <laughs> episode one. <laughs> right from the beginning. Our buddy Chris. So yep. That's the same thing that he said of... Just love her, listen, validate. It's real for her. It may not be to you, but it's real. Probably what I would say. Yeah. I love it. What's your favorite kind of ice cream? I forgot to ask that. <clears throat> Easy. I debated this with my siblings. I don't know how old I was, but probably around five. <laughs> I was five. When and you knew everything had, in the world. We had parades about this to... No, it wasn't a parade. It was like it picketing not a riot i was gonna say riot but protest that's what it was a protest it was mint chocolate chip versus chocolate i think see we don't even remember what the other one was because we know because mint chocolate chip won that's my favorite ice cream Mm -hmm. and you worked at baskin robbins so you're real good at scooping ice cream too i make myself a mint chocolate chip shake (laughs) just had one two days ago at baskin robbins yep just like the old times nostalgia All right, Rob, thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you. This is not my thing, podcast world, but I do what I have to do for Julie. You're really good about that. Thanks again to our sponsor, the speaker, the author, podcaster, the man, Tony Overbay. Tony has a passion for helping people, and he is especially invested in helping people overcome compulsive sexual behaviors and addictions. There is hope out there. Don't go at it alone. Go to his website, pathbackrecovery.com, to check out his free ebook and find that hope that you might be searching for. He also has the amazing podcast, The Virtual Couch, which I have been a guest on and I am such a fan of. 
Check out that and more at TonyOverbay.com. Thank you listeners for being here with us today. I hope you have a beautiful Thanksgiving. My name is Julie Lee and I see you. Thank you. Okay, whatever you're going to do, just stop. Ah! <laughs>